Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Welcome to Jesus 911. I'm Paul Clay. Today, uh, our normal co host, Jesse, he's on the road today. He's doing um, uh, some apostolic work out there. <laughs> undercover work, uh, yes. Yeah, undercover work. He's out there contending for the faith like all of us should be. But no worries. Because we have a treat today, a special treat. Now, I don't get to be on the radio too much with him, but I'm sure our audience is very familiar with uh, none other than the great Dr. Dan Schneider. Welcome, Dan. Thank you, Paul. It's it's an honor to be here, and uh, and I really enjoy our conversation. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's good. It's good that we are here, as uh, as uh, the disciples said to the Lord. It's good. Let's let's get on it. it, it yeah. You know, Dan, I just wanted to say one thing really quick. I know right away when I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, okay, this guy, this guy, he he's deep. It's a deep thing. One thing I like about you is you to, even though you have all this uh, intellectual proudness, you can put the cookies on the bottom shelf where the little kitties can get them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so thank you for that. So, um, yeah, I think you know, yeah, it's important yeah, that, we, that we're able to, to take, uh, and this is something that over the years, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do anybody any good to sit in the in the ivory tower and discuss these concepts if we can't bring them down. Because what we're seeing now is the aftermath of first principles at work, both for good and for, for, for evil in the church and in the world. So, so but it's a great honor to be here. I got to tell a true story. I was coming outside of Mass uh, at a fraternity mm -hmm. St. Peter Parish. Uh, about an hour or so from from where I live, and a guy walks up. And he goes, "Hey, you're you're that guy on uh, on on Virgin Most Powerful." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I got, I, I, yeah, you're the guy from Jesus 911. You're Paul Clay, aren't you?" And I said, <laughs> "I said, no, man. You know, Paul's a good looking guy, and I can see how you could get us mixed up." He goes, "Oh yeah, you're right. right. You're Kyle Clement." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm Kyle Clement. Very nice to meet yeah. you." <laughs> well, well, so, so people mistake like the, Paul Clay out in the field. So that's a, I was well, well, the compliment. Uh, I don't know about that, Dan, because you told me I had a face for radio. We both have a face <laughs> made for radio. That's it, man. That's it. <laughs> okay. All right, Dan. So let's get into it today. Uh, a lot going on in the church. Um, a lot of concerning things. And I have a lot of people that ask me questions. And, um, you know, I give I give answers to the best of my but whenever we get we get an opportunity to talk to somebody like you, I want to I want to throw these questions out there so you can offer maybe clarity to some of the things going on. And one of the questions that I get that I want to ask you is, um, what's going on with that whole Israeli Gaza thing? And uh, you know, uh, I've had questions on uh, just wars, and is this a just war? And um, uh, it seems like uh, this issue is dividing a lot. Hold on, you broke up. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Re say that again. Yeah. You broke up the last section. Have you said in the okay, army? You're so coming in. You're coming in broken and stupid. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's what we would say in the army if somebody comes in broken. Yeah. You're coming in broken, stupid. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, go ahead. Say that no, again. So I, was, so I was asking you for a little bit of clarity on the um, uh, Palestinian conflict, 
And um, as Catholics, uh, our position be. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing, um, uh, you know, what the what evil looks like. I mean, I spent some time over there downrange um, and mm-hmm. saw what radical uh, Islam looks like. And it's not a pretty thing. So I think Israel has the the you know, and even the catechism, it states that the, the a nation has has not just the right, but the obligation to defend its to defend its borders and defend its its citizenry. The state is obliged to defend its citizenry, and uh, so so I think uh, um, the you know what we saw happen on that day was was just pure evil. This was not um, just an act of of war or, or, or beyond. This was this was pure terror to strike terror in the hearts. It was pure evil. The things that that took place. So I think Israel yeah. has the obligation to defend her citizens against this type of butchery. Yeah. So. Um... So do you ever think there's a point to where um, it could go too far, um, say, like a lot of innocents dying in the process? Or is that just one of the uh, the side effects of war? You know, uh, war is hell, like MacArthur said. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, we, you know, the church in her developed tradition has, has principles of just warfare starting back all the way back to St. Augustine. Um, there's several principles of just warfare at work and, you know, um, a, a these 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 principles uh, should apply to all warfare because they're universal principles um, uh, in the developed tradition of the church. But not not every nation is going to abide by those these these you know the the principles of the just cause and and what what el- what elements um, make for a just war you know um, due response uh, that sort of thing. Hmm. Wow. Um, so. I get a lot of questions too concerning um, uh, both uh, uh, Jewish uh, Zionists and Christian Zionists. And how does that play into this? Because um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Zionism from from a Christian standpoint of view? Yeah, let me, let me go to, before we go to that, let me go to the catechism. Um, okay. On 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 just war, so we get some principles down. Um, okay. You know those who catechism around twenty three oh nine twenty three ten the strict conditions for legitimate defense by military force twenty three oh nine of the catechism require rigorous considerations. The gravity of such decision makes it subject to rigorous conditions of moral legitimacy. At one and the same time. It's lists off several. The damage inflicted by the aggressor on the nation or community of nations must be lasting, grave, and certain. That's one. Uh, the other means of putting an end to it must have been shown to be impractical or ineffective. I, I just don't see how uh, other means, uh, you know, how do you negotiate with a terrorist? How do you negotiate with someone who's willing to do yeah. the butchery that they did? Um, and how do you yeah. go to a, a, a peace talks immediately after this? Um, there must be serious process of success. Uh, the use of arms must not produce evils and disorders greater than the evil to be eliminated. The power of modern means of destruction weighs very heavily upon evaluating this condition. Um, so there are mm. traditional elements enumerated in what is called the just war doctrine. These are the elements, it says, in Catechism 2309. And so there always has to be that that final, that, that your, to, to your 
last point that the, the power of modern means of destruction weighs very heavily in evaluating the condition. So there, there's, there's a, a lot of, of, of really destructive weaponry out there. Um, so, so uh, that there needs to be, there needs to be principles in place before, you know, it's not, you know, before um, this turns into something more destructive and it often can, I, I can just tell you in combat, you know, you get desensitized just as you as a, in law enforcement, you get a, a certain desensitization of, of uh, uh, you know, first day you show up in combat, it's just shocking. But after yeah. after a few days or a few weeks, and after you've seen some stuff a few times, you just of get sensitized to it. And then you can even see, and I'm sure you had this experience too. Your lower nature, you can, you know, this this thirst for revenge, this thirst, you know, this lower nature begins to take over uh, over yeah. individual soldiers, can overtake take over the the leadership in the, in the military itself. And the same thing too as a cop. You see such grave evil on the streets. You know, I know, I know a cop that his very first day on the on the job, he 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 had to dumpster dive for a, a murder victim and just found, you know, um, a really bad situation in there, and it changed him for the rest of his life. And so, you you have to be careful that that the evil doesn't take over. And so, there, that's why principles need, first principles need to be applied to. So yeah, been there, done that. Been yeah. there, done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so Zionism is a good question. Um, you know, how would, you know, Zionism is, is, it's something that is kind of, um, you know, it's different. It, it's something that has been, uh, prominent in, in, in some fundamentalist Protestant circles since, uh, since the, you know, the, the turn of the last century. And, and we yeah. see, we're even seeing some Zionistic, uh, you know, Catholic groups as well that are becoming kind of separatist Zionistic groups as well, which is which is kind of an in interesting thing because um, you know uh, we're all we're all uh, Saint uh, Paul the Sixth said that all, spiritually we're all we're all Jews. So these mm. were our fathers, these were our forefathers, and and so yes, but we belong to the new Israel. Our citizenship yeah. is in heaven, the new Jerusalem, born yes. from above, right, and 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 the womb of Holy Mother Church. Holy, you know, so so we, we when you when you break that into two and you apply both a worldly socio political understanding, um, uh, as the Jews did in the time of Christ, understanding the Davidic kingdom as an earthly kingdom, or you apply uh, some messy and some some wrongly interpreted messianic uh, uh, eschatological fulfillment of Zionism, yeah. and then we have this fallacy that if we just if we can just do our efforts to spark a war and to spark a triumphal uh, Zionistic triumph in Israel, then we can bring about the the, the second coming of Christ. Uh, we can bring about. <laughs> you've heard this stuff, and and we were talking about this offline. We need to get the red heifer. We need to get animal sacrifices again. If you misread the yeah. prophets, that Christ is the Paschal Lamb in the eternal sacrifice in the New Jerusalem yes. is the Holy Eucharist. If you miss that, yes. you're going to read it on a very natural level. Yeah, we yeah. Get the temple going again, and we need to get yeah. you know, uh, and all these prophecies misread because they 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 will not accept that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment and and the Eucharistic sacrifice in the Roman Catholic Church is the fulfillment of these prophecies. Yeah, we want to definitely follow up on this on the other side of the break. Uh, we're getting ready to make a commercial break. You're listening to Jesus 911 with uh, Dr. Dan Schneider. Uh, we'll catch you back on the other side of the break.
Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Welcome back to Jesus 911. I'm Paul Clay. I'm here with Dr. Dan Schneider and uh if you were following us on the other uh, on the other side of the break, we were into a discussion about uh, Zionism, Christian Zionism in particular. You know, Dan, um, as you know, uh, I'm a revert, which is basically saying I took a detour out of the church uh, in Protestantism, and I can remember being jealous. <laughs> you know, uh, feeling jealous that the Jews were God's chosen chosen people. This is how much. How emphasize it is and and as you know uh when a protestant he views israel and the church he always views them as separate and distinct and so the catholic church as you rightly pointed out uh paul refers to the church as the israel of god and so um while there are some distinctions to be made uh for for the most part though as far as the inheritance is concerned and the blessing um that is transferred over to the church. Am I correct? Right. We, you know, St. Paul says that these are the shadows. The reality belongs to Christ. Colossians 2.17. Um, if you look at the the, the Greek and it's in, in, in the Latin and the, the Spanish, for example, the modern translations, it says in Colossians 2.17, these were the shadows. The reality points or the reality is the body of Christ, the tomo su Christu, mm -hmm. the body of Christ. The, the 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 soma the soma we get the word somatic the body of Christ and this body of Christ that that was prefigured in these shadows the shadows found in the in the temple the shadows found in the ark of the covenant the shadows found in the shekinah glory dwelling in the ark of the covenant these are you know the 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 passing like or uh, first first Corinthians ten one um, you know these were types that we were that we were all they were baptized under the the cloud and in the sea with Moses and they ate a spiritual they ate a food they ate manna these were the types the reality points us to Christ the baptism of the holy eucharist so all these shadows become the realities but if you conflate uh, um the, you know in, in catholic theology you, you need to begin with this principle of this already but not yet that we've already mm. fulfilled these realities but we've not yet find their complete fulfillment yes. it's driving towards its fulfillment what what saint bernard um taught called the the second uh, the 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 middle coming of christ christ in his first coming in time and space mm -hmm. and christ in the final parousia the coming but that pre in, at the end of time but that parousia that word parousia also means presence and so saint bernard doctor of the church uh says that that the middle coming of christ yeah. That middle parousia, that middle presence is the Holy Eucharist. If you collapse mm. the tension of the already and the not yet, it's in the Holy Eucharist that we see the the this both and already it's both Christ and the promise of fulfillment. If he's if 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 it the power of, of, of that reality, but if you ignore that and it's a mere symbol, if the church isn't the, the kingdom of God visibly on earth. Corrupt yes. as it may be, uh, uh, problematic as that may be, yes. filled with sinners as it is. If you lose that reality, or you judge the church based upon the the, yes. the, the, the sin, our sins, not just our hierarchy, our hierarchy, but our own sins, 
then you'll miss that and you'll and you have to you'll be driven by another principle and that is let's drive towards this let's take advantage of the zionism is basically and here's father harden's definition one of the hills on which Jerusalem stood, Zion, used as a fortress, it was captured by David and renamed the Citadel of David in 2 Samuel 5.7. It assumed a sacred character when he brought the Ark to Zion. Gradually, the name spread until it applied to all Jerusalem. Indeed, increasingly, it was used to mean the Jewish faith, Isaiah 33. Hence, the term Zionism is for the modern movement to make Palestine the Jewish homeland. Finding good. Um, but when you start, when you start, you take... Uh, um, a, a misunderstanding of prophecy as a Christian and you, and you ignore the church as the fulfillment and the Eucharist and the Virgin Mary as the new ark, et cetera. If you lose all those realities, you're going to impu you're going to imbue into a, a social political term, something that is far wow. greater and not intended by God in my, in my S reading. Slow, slow down, Dan. <laughs> Got to <laughs> unpack. So and when you understand, okay, so what I'm getting is what you're saying here is that uh, the types and the shadows are never greater than the fulfillment in the reality. And so when we're talking about the Old Testament, uh, Saint, uh, I, I believe it was uh, St. Augustine said the, old, uh, the, the New Testament is hidden in the old and the old is revealed in the new. So, uh, right. so that fulfillment then is uh, the church and those blessings. So we're not talking about an earthly promised land. I mean, that I mean uh, that was the shadow, but the reality, so we're looking like in typology, Moses was a type of Christ and, you know, and he frees them from the bondage of slavery uh, as Christ freed us from the bondage of slavery of sin. And then as Moses led them across the wilderness to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, they were and are from heaven and the the fulfillment of that is that this this uh wilderness journey called life called earth uh where there's all kinds of uh, pitfalls so to speak and where our faith is being tested just like israel uh we're being fed with the true manna from heaven as jesus said in john chapter six i am the bread of life uh is that where we're going with this exactly if you look at uh you know, um, from the in the in the messianic prophecies of of the Old Testament, from the rising of the sun to its setting, a perfect sacrifice. Mm, offered, I love it. Right? Mm. Where do we hear that in Catholic liturgy? You hear that in in the Eucharist, but but to 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 the fundamentalist who denies the reality of the Church, um, you, you see that prophecy being unfulfilled, and we're still driving towards right. fulfilling that, and that's the danger. Right. When you don't see that there's penultimate fulfillment. And then ultimate fulfillment uh, in time and space that God, when he prophesies through the prophets, there's a there's a, in, a fulfillment in time, but then a future fulfillment in Christ and in, in the full the fullness of in the fullness of time. God sent his son is the fullness of all fulfillments. So so you see in, in at the end in the Emmaus walk, Jesus says, um, you know, how hard of hearts you are and slow to believe. Uh, yeah. And and then you did it not. Did it? Did you not? Is it not written that the Messiah had to suffer? And so you see, the primary prince, the primary messianic prophecies were about 
the, the Davidic king, right? The rise of the Davidic king. This is why the emphasis on Christ and his Davidic bloodline, that he's a fulfillment. The, in, in, you know, in the, in the joyful mysteries, the angel Gabriel, a king is born unto Zion, right? I mean, onto Israel, sorry. But, mm -hmm. then, but then again, there was a secondary uh, um, messianic understanding that was coming from Isaiah and the suffering servant, that the Messiah would have a, there would be a suffering Messiah as well, that Israel, the, the Messiah would suffer and Israel's suffering in their enslavement at in the time of Isaiah, um, Jerusalem suffering particularly would, would, would bring about the conversion of the whole world. And so Christ is the, is the fulfillment of both. This is why he is both Davidic and Levitical. This is why the, his bloodline is so traced in, in an important manner through the Blessed Mother. He's a Davidic, Davidic king, but he's also, according to the book of Hebrews, the, the, before the kingdom of David, there was the, the, the Melchizedek, uh, the priestly order, the line of priest yes. forever in the line of Melchizedek. And in that, he is, he is, the suffering Messiah. He is, as we say on the Good Friday liturgy, uh, the priest prays that Christ is priest, victim, and altar of sacrifice. And so, and so when you see this reality, it is presented very, you know, in, in, in symbolic fashion, particularly in John's gospel, where who presents Jesus as the both lamb and priest and vic, you know, victim, and the cross is the altar. This is where we're getting yes. this. And, and we, if you lose that Eucharistic reality, that these are the shadows, the reality points us to the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the Eucharist, the body of Christ incarnated, uh, the God-made man, uh, and then uh, and dwelt among us, and then the body of Christ, the church. If you lose that, there was one uh, a Catholic uh, um, theologian of a, of a generation ago, uh, who ended up leaving the face? His name. He was a he was a historical critical guy named Loisy. He said God promised us the kingdom, and all He gave us was the Catholic Church. And if that's your mm -hmm. attitude, you're going to miss it, and you're going to try you're going to try to go back into those prophecies and and turn them and try to make them yes. fulfill today. Yeah, yeah, Dan. I, like you said, there's a lot of people today, and and the human failure, they fail to recognize that the Catholic Church is both divine and human there are two aspects of it and as we know man fails that's what man does but yeah. ultimately the, the catholic church christ is the head of the church and uh you you talked about earlier how like you, you said uh it's it's not yet fully realized that's important to to make that distinction so when you look in the parables um the kingdom of heaven is like well we know there's nothing bad in heaven but when jesus uh uh explains it yeah, you know there's yeah. good and bad together so it can only be talking about the the not yet realized right now yeah and if you look at two points on that one is the human and divine of christ and going back to saint augustine we see christ the head that what he calls the totus christus the total christ mm -hmm. the complete christ christ the head the the, the church his body or members um, and so if the church is the body of Christ, then yeah. then the church will have in time and space because of the because of our own sinfulness, we're going to reflect both the glory of, of the body of Christ transfigured at, at 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 Tabor. But also we're living in a time now where we're looking at the that the the the, the shame and the dis, the disfigurement of Calvary. Yes, it's the same body yeah. glorified. At Tabor, but dis, you know the the transfiguration and the disfiguration of Calvary. 
yes, and then the and glorification then... and the resurrection. It's the same yeah. church. That, that's the eschatological tension. Yeah. And people say, I got an email this week uh, from, from a friend of mine, you know, conservative minded Catholic, a good guy, uh, an mm -hmm. ex military guy. And his, mm -hmm. his email was, uh, is, it, is it now time to go? Can we go now? Meaning, are we going to leave mm -hmm. the Catholic Church now because of what happened to Bishop Strickland? Oh, oh, so, no. so he sent an email to me, my wife, his wife, and and at the exact same time, and and uh, not even speaking to each other, my wife answered the exact same verse from 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 the, the words of Saint Peter after the Holy Eucharist. Uh, yeah. um, where are where we to go, we Lord? Go? Where else are we going to go? You have the words yeah. of eternal life. Yes, yes. That's so important, uh, Dan, to recognize. Uh, and that one of my favorites is, it, I quote an Old Testament quote, it's, whom have I in heaven but thee, O Lord, and on this earth I desire none but thee. And he can only be found in the church that he established, which is his mystical body. And like you said, if, if we're on the same traje uh, trajectory that Jesus was on, the church, as, as many have pointed out, is right now entering its passion. And so uh, and that's not a pretty thing, so to speak. Uh, but, but yet, what comes after the passion? The resurrection and then the ascension. And I think that's what you're talking about, right? So it's, 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 it's being realized in time and space. Right. Uh, you're listening to Jesus 9-1, Dr. Dan Schneider. That's why we call him Dr. Dan Schneider. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we're back. Dr. Dan Schneider here, breaking it down for us, helping us to be ready and to stay ready. Uh, Dan, um, you know, I titled this show, uh, Maintaining the Faith in Turbulent Times, and and I'm like, well, how, well, the reality is you have to know the faith before you can maintain the faith. And so what you're talking about is actually knowing what the church teaches. But go ahead and uh, without further ado, continue your thought process. Yeah, yeah. I want to before we get into the next segment, I wanted to make a couple of points. One is mm -hmm. in turbulent times. This is I, I gave a retreat for the for some religious sisters, our Lady of Sorrows in Louisiana. And their, their religion, their foundress had one key statement. I built the retreat around this one statement of the foundress. Um, and she says, um, <clears throat> she says, you must look for the Alleluia on the other side of the cross. Mm. So this is the, the beauty, you know, uh, of looking with three dimensional lenses, with 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 lenses that only are purified and sanctified through prayer and in suffering. But, you know, the, 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 at the monastery, I'm an oblate, um, the monastery has the, their tabernacle is, is in this. And if you look at the tabernacle and the doors that open, it's, it's really it's created as an as an Eastern icon. And, and the icon, by the way, the word icon is, is derivative from the, the Greek word to behold, to behold, mm. not just to see with your eyes, but to hold uh, literally where we where, where we get the where we get the word Eureka. I have seen and I believe that's a, that's what mm. icon. So you can so you look at one picture like in a triptych. You look at the Eucharist in this particular tabernacle. You see the Holy Eucharist in the tabernacle, but then the doors are open. On, on, yes. on one side is Moses, and the other side is Elijah. So you're not right. just looking at a piece of bread. You're not just looking at symbolism. You're looking at the Holy of Holies. 
You're looking at the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. You're, you're yes. looking at the 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 the, uh, yeah. the 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 living tabernacle, the tabernacle yes. of God where Christ dwells. You, you know, you're looking yes. at all these realities. One figure imbues the other, wow. and so when you look at the church today. You look. You should see the glory of of Mount Tabor, but you should also wow. understand that we're going to suffer the disfiguration. So the glorification, yeah. is the disfiguration. But we always have to hold in hope the hallelujah behind the cross that's waiting for us. That's where the hope is. The hope of, you yeah. know, uh, for in hope we were saved, right? Yes, so, yes. So the Holy Eucharist is our key. So rather than going down and, and you know, my instinct was like, I was already, in, I was in Dallas. I was an hour and a half away when the news came out. I wanted to grab a bunch of pitchforks and and, and lanterns. And I wanted to go organize some men and, and surround uh, Bishop Strickland's uh, 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 residence. <laughs> you're not you're not over over our dead body. But then I yeah. caught my lower nature and I realized, no, we're going to protest. We're going to protest on our knees before the Blessed Sacrament. Amen, <laughs> brother. We're going to sign a petition. We're going to sign a spiritual petition. Praying the rosary for the purification yes. of the church, for the restoration yes. of the true faith. For the for yes. you know, uh, so that's what we're going to do. But here's one last thing on on the what I when I'm talking about the eschatological element, the already but not yet. When you hear at mass, the priests say, "Do this in memory of me." In memory, mm-hmm. he uses the Greek word anamnesis. That's what comes from the scriptures. Anamnesis. Anamnesis. It's a okay. you know it's a Semitic concept that the past becomes a present reality but drives mm. to a future fulfillment. So the, yes. so, so the memorial, even the memorial of, of you know, w- when the Jews celebrate the Passover, they, they, it's standing. Um, why is tonight like unlike any other night? And, and they eat bitter herbs and they have all these other symbols. But we, we have a fulfilled reality. So w- this is a Jewish concept. So think of it this way. If you, uh, if you have an allergy to bee stings, and you can get stung on your arm, your left arm this year. And then a year from now during bee season, you get stung on the right arm. The bee, the left, the right arm will swell because you're allergic to bee stings. And the left arm will also swell in what's called an anamnetic response where the body remembers not just the one. A, me- a memory, right. But, but this wound. And you can get to a point scientifically, it's been, it, it's, it's happened that, 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 uh, um, I think the drummer from Toto, if you remember Toto from back in the in the late 70s and early 80s, yeah. he died of yeah. an anamnetic response to the beasting, if I'm correct, my if I recall. But there's wow. a, famous people have died from this. So your body gets stung multiple times over the course of years, but the body remembers with one sting, the entire body remembers every sting. So that's what mm. the word anamnetic means physically. So imagine that word now as you understand that the past becomes a present reality. And it drives to a future fulfillment. And so the, mm. as, as we know from the Council of Trent, the unbloody representation of Calvary. We are at Calvary, right? And the yeah. only person who clapped and laughed at Calvary was the, the Jews, the, the, those that persecuted him and killed him and saved him. Killed them. Right? Yes. Those are the ones who laughed. You know, mm-hmm. this is why we have to be careful in our liturgy. Do this in memory of me because it drives us. Christ made present in the holy sacrifice. Calvary is present to us, but it's driving us to to that future fulfillment where where, where, where John himself sees the Lamb. The, but there was yes. no there was no temple, only the Lord God, the Lamb. So so we see the, the the sacrifice of Mass being perpetually 
done in, mm. lit, in, in the heavenly liturgy now taking place on earth. And those yeah. realities all come together into one eschatological. Yes, moment. yes. Right. And you mentioned the prophecy in Zechariah from the rising of the sun to its setting. You know, a perfect sacrifice is offered, you know, by the Gentiles. When have the Gentiles ever offered a perfect sacrifice? Only in the Catholic Mass, because that because because that sacrifice is God, and and what we do is we take God and we represent God. The only thing that can honor God is God. There's there's no human effort that can bring honor to God but God, and so therefore we we take the gifts that God gave us, the very gift of Himself, and we offer it in the Mass. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and great great point, uh, uh, um, uh, Paul, because. Because this is what's lost. that We don't understand that because guess what? Most everybody you and I roll around with in our Catholic circles, we're all mm -hmm. Gentiles. We're Gentiles. Yes. So, yes. so this, is, this was the stumbling block, right, of the cross. Um, yes. This was a huge issue in the early church. How could God bestow his blessing, his covenant to the Gentiles? And mm -hmm. so this is what Malachi 1.11 Oh, that you would shut up the temple gates to keep you from kindling fire on my, in, on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept any sacrifice from your hands. For mm -hmm. from the rising of the sun, even to its yeah. setting, my name is great among the nations, the nations, Gentiles. Malachi, Everywhere yes. they bring sacrifice to my name in a pure offering. For great yes. is my name among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But yes. you have profanely, he profanely towards me by thinking the Lord's table and offering may be polluted and the food slighted, but etc. So he's, this is a prophecy of the of the, the sacrifice of the mass that would include the Gentiles from the east mm. and the west. A perfect sacrifice would be made. And only Christ yeah. can be that. He is that perfect sacrifice. Yes. Uh, so here's you the know, thing. Cat... I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out from 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 uh, uh, the writings of Joseph Ratzinger before he became Pope Benedict. He was okay. talking about liturgy, and 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 uh, he was he says whenever you he says um, when, whenever he's talking about clapping and applause and he you know and he says that whenever you hear applause, it shows you that liturgy has become man centered, and he mm. said and and then human human esteem and human excellence is being extolled and not divine excellence the sacrifice of yes. calvary and he says he yes. says whenever man not god is the center of our worship he says what we have is a dance about the golden calf in the festival of self-affirmation yeah so dan um, the imagery is fantastic dancing yo, about the golden calf and the we we, yeah. we create an idol of ourselves look at us yes. we are church yes and we and yes. The and, something for me and not something liturgy is not the uh, here's yes. the thing i've heard this defined liturgy is defined as the work on behalf of the people but but the, the modernist definition is the work of the people. But that goes the very word liturgy means work on behalf of. This is a public act done on behalf of the people. Yes, this, this is what you liturgy know, means. This it, is what this is what it meant in time in Greek, in the Greek word. Yeah, and you know, and hence the imagery of the priest no longer facing toward God but facing men shows you that the you know uh, uh, you know again. These subtle things, but for every action, there's a reaction. So all of these things that began to happen and change 
Uh, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. Well, what's the fruit? Look what's happened to faith today. And I'm not saying there's anything intrinsically evil with the Novus Ordo mass, but I am saying that uh, little subtle things matter, just like words matter. And when you and when you can uh, change the liturgy and to where it's not as robust to where the people aren't hearing and praying the fullness of the faith, uh, it has an effect. Am I right, Dan? It, it does. Uh, you, you, know, you had mentioned this principle earlier. I'd like you to flesh it out for the listeners. Lex orande, lex credende. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at the law of worship is the law of prayer is the law of belief. As we pray, we yes. believe. And yes. so again, are we praying in such a manner? Now, this isn't to say that the, the that the Novus Order Mass is not efficacious. That it's yeah. not that it's not valid. It's valid and efficacious. Right. But that yes. being said, as we pray, we believe. And if we've become imbued with a Protestant understanding of church as the assembly and the gathering of the people, as a Eucharistic sacrifice, as a holy meal celebrating our community and our communion. I've heard it said, if you want to worship the Lord, there's no kneel, there should be no kneeling at Mass. If you want to worship the Lord, you need to go to private adoration and worship the Lord there. But at Mass, this is a celebration of the community. So this was by a religious sister and liturgist for for a diocese. Wow! And I said, wow. so what you're saying is, if we're not supposed to worship at mass, right? You're not supposed to worship. So at the end of mass, we can take we can take the consecrated host and just throw them to the birds, because if we're not right. supposed to kneel and worship there, then it's then it's not God. It That's can't right. Be God if we're not but if it is God, what 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 is what is what's proper, right? Uh, okay. You know. Yeah, the manner in which an object reacts when you know it, you know is goes with the with the nature of that object. So I mean, we were created for worship as men. We were created for worship, and when we're standing before, it was not me, not you, but our Lord said, "This is my body." Okay, and by faith, we in the Catholic Church understand that Christ is present body, blood, soul, and divinity, and therefore the proper place to be is on our knees. We'll catch you back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Jesus 911. We got Dr. Dan Schneider. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Welcome back to Jesus 911. I'm Paul Clay. I'm here uh, talking with Dr. Dan Schneider. Uh, Dan has given us a, a lot to chew on about the faith. Uh, Dan, there was something that you said last uh, segment that uh, it kind of just uh, brought some thoughts into my mind. Uh, the Catholic Church does a lot of both and versus, in like, uh, like, say, non Catholic. Christian churches, they, they have a tendency to go either or. And uh, uh, you talked about the faith being uh, uh, just it, it realized in time and space, you know, through, as a process. You know, okay, maybe I'm having a little trouble articulating the position, but um, uh, let me just give you an example. So Protestants, they, you know, they, you know, they don't seem to understand that, uh you know, they say I'm saved, but we say, you know, I, you know, uh, I have been saved. I am being saved and I will be saved. All of those are true. And so 
it just kind of reminds me of some of those things that you were talking about that when you look at the faith, nothing seems as simple, you know, as some try to put it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, somebody sent me a, a clip today of a, of a, a sister uh, taking her vows and being received into the poor Claire convent um, in, in Roswell, New Mexico. And yeah. simple little ceremony. Just must, it's a, it just must have been out. It was on one of the Catholic feeds. Uh, um, the, the bishop does the, does the, the right, the, uh, the family's there and they show the, so she's behind this door and mm -hmm. the top of the door is open, you know, and, and then she gets vested um, with the veil and her family's mm -hmm. all there uh, standing in front of this door. And then one by one, they say goodbye to her. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's powerful to see her say goodbye to her mom, her dad, you know, mm -hmm. wow. I mean, any, anybody, uh, you see this, it's beautiful. The world will say, what a, what a nut, what is she crazy? Why don't you work in a yes. hospital? Why don't you get involved in a political campaign? Why don't you, why don't you, you know, why don't you have a family? And when they close the door, wow. And then they show them mm -hmm. after mass, um, they have the the grill there, which is in this in this mon in this in this uh, convent or monastery. It's all glass, and just the yeah. joy, the joy. And yeah. I teach Carmelites every week. You talk about yes. a bodily existence of a heavenly yes. reality. Yes, the virginal yes. consecrate lives a bodily. Yes. They, I tell these sisters, and they're like, they tear up. I'm like, look, yeah, you are a living icon of the virgin yes. side the church. Your fruit yes. as mothers is bearing fruit in the world. And so to wow. see a young woman give her body to Christ in a virginal gift, that's power. And these are the women, yeah. these are the women that are bringing grace into the world. It's these monastic communities largely of women now that are bringing that are holding up the earth, that are holding up the yes. earth from collapsing yes. under the evil. It's when I saw yeah. this man, look, I don't cry. You know what I mean? I'm a tough yeah. guy. Yeah. And I don't admit yeah. it when I do. But this man, yeah. this one busted me up because I realized despite all the garbage that we're hearing in the world and the church, despite all of that, God is doing miracles. He's calling young women to consecrate their virginity as brides of Christ, living icons of the church, eschatologically embracing the now, but also the not yet in their bodies. And, and this is all happening behind the scenes. There was only about 15 people at this mass. Nobody knows. But this is where God is still at work, and we must never give up. Where are we going to go? Yeah. The words of eternal life. God is still working. Yes. He's not going. He's not. This is not the end. Yes. Yes. We're going to go you into know, halftime uh, down a few points, right? We're going to go into yeah. halftime after after the pick six. You know what I mean? But hold your head yeah. up because we got a yeah, lot buddy. of football to play. Yeah, yeah buddy. Listen. Uh, uh, how how beautiful the way you articulated that, and you're right. When you look at it through natural eyes, you're, you know, you're like, you should be getting married. You should be working in a hospital or, you know, but no, there could be no higher calling for her than to give everything to Christ like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned the graces, the graces that are received because of that. Talk about that a little bit, because uh, Father Ripper, Ripper, Ripper said, you know, you know, in a recent uh, video on YouTube, he, he said, Something that may seem controversial, but he talked about the graces uh, that, you know, uh, from a traditional Latin mass are more than the graces in a Novus Ordo mass. 
because of the prayer, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to misquote him or anything, but if anybody wants to go look at the video, he explains it really well. Um, well I'm trying to think of, it was the, uh, what was the, we were talking about the uh, principle of uh, first operation. Uh, yeah, it's a good video. Really on good. The, yeah, the principle of first operation, yeah. which, which yeah. says that basically the nature of thing, a nature of a thing uh, determines its action and works according to its being. And so, yes. Uh, and so, so you see that this means that, um, uh, that prayer begets in, in layman's term, uh, two things. One, there is a natural law. There is a hierarchy of truths mm -hmm. and things work according to their nature. And that nature yes. is set. There is, there is such a thing as catness. There is such a thing as, as, uh, uh of gender or whatever, but the modernist says, and the modern, both secular and, and, and many in the church say, no, things develop. There mm. is no, there are no such things by their nature, but only as I receive them, only as I determine their nature according to my own understanding, or the collective body politic determines those things. Gender is a social construct, yeah. one example. Yeah. But he's talking yeah. about the implicationsness of, of mass. And if prayer begets what it signifies, I mean, think about the, the amount of octaves that we have in the old calendar versus the new calendar. Think about rogation, yes. I mean, uh, uh, of, of um, uh, ember days, you know, because yes. we're all going to gain between now and New Year's. You and I are going to probably gain 10 pounds if we're not careful. Right. And then we're going to not do anything. We're not going to fast. We're going to get lazy and fat. And we're going to go into Ash Wednesday and go, man, what should I give up? I'm going to start exercising and, and I'm going to do yeah. PX90 and I'm going to pray five yeah. rosaries a day and I'm going to sleep <laughs> on the floor and do a cold shower and I'm not going to eat for 40 days. And then you make yeah. it to about, I don't know, Thursday evening, Friday morning, and you're done because you haven't <laughs> practiced. Throughout, so the genius of the old liturgy, there's more grace there because there's more there's more penance. There's 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 a richer there's more saints being celebrated, uh, etc. Yeah. One aspect of it. The other aspect is a principle at work. It's called we have the principle of ex opere operato, meaning the grace the sacraments work according to as as the church says objectively. The Eucharist is present. Uh, I mean, Jesus, uh -huh. body, blood, soul, divinity, but subjectively, ex opere operantis, we receive more or less grace depending on our own subjective appropriation. Ooh, I like that. You yeah. know, you talked about ember days and things like that, these disciplines and things that the church uh, that were part of the old, uh, the, 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 Latin, uh, the Latin mass uh, that are no longer included uh, with the Novus Ordo mass, but... Um, what does it say in sacred scripture? It says that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And so all of these things help us to be, you know, Catholic concept. I know it's not a, uh, a non-Catholic concept, but to be more righteous, to be holy, right? And so it's holiness. Yeah. It's like you said, it's like when these nuns consecrate themselves to God in such a way, they are holy, set apart for God's purposes. And there are grace upon grace is received and we're the benefactors yes exactly and, and if yeah. you know that's true for you and me that my yeah a, a holy man's prayer like why do we always go to our grandma when you needed when you're mm -hmm. go to grandma if you need this prayer go to grandma she's closer to god is she well yeah she's holy she goes to daily mass she's lived yeah. with grandpa for 60 years yeah. and put up with that yes. you know she suffers yes. 
But the church is another principle, ex opere operantis ecclesiae. You can look this up in Father Hardin's di Catholic Dictionary. The, mm -hmm. the, uh, the work as it's worked of the church or in and of the church. And so the holiness of the members of the church, the holiness of the priest, and also affects the subjective appropriation of the church. Of the right. sac sacramentals, and so yes. that's what it signifies. How important! How of, important! So, 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 an unholy church and an unholy priest makes a difference. And I've seen this in in in, in 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 exorcism sessions. A priest that's struggling mm. is not as effective as a priest that's fasting, that's prayerful, that's detached, that that is holy. You see the difference. Uh, yes, and so, and so, so we it, it, it doesn't it doesn't affect objectively the graces, but it does affect the subject appropriation distribution. Of yes, our lack yeah. of holiness makes a difference in our prayer life. Yes, but also the church in prayer. Yes, and that's why when we understand that being in a state of grace and maintaining that is so important, and to be outside of that. You know, because remember, if we're part, if we're part of the mystical bride of Christ, we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. We are united to Christ so that then everything that we do uh, in obedience to God uh, is 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 amplified. Why? Because we're it's it's tied to Christ himself and it has more than just a, a temporal effect, but it has eternal ramifications. So God is allowing us in a sense to share in all of his goodness and to share in his work, to share in his priesthood with the priesthood of all believers that we can present ourselves as a living and a Amen. holy sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. There was a story of a, of a rookie basketball player. His first game he ever got in was that he played for Chicago and uh, Michael Jordan scored 70 points. And this rookie gets oh. in the game with with you know a minute left. He gets fouled. He hits the first half of a one of a one and one. And um and after the game, they ask him, "So your rookie game, your rookie, your first game, what was it like to get into a game where Michael Jordan set this record, highest number of points ever in a single game, seventy points?" And he said, "You know, I'll never forget the day that Michael and Jordan and I combined to score seventy one points in a single game." And so. And so that's what our, our prayers and sacrifices are. Christ does the work. We maybe drop a, a one half of a one-on-one. -on -one. We might take a charge for the team. That's it. But it's Christ who's efficacious. Yes. It's Christ. Amen. Our, our suffering and union with him becomes powerful, becomes victorious. On our own, it's Dan, nothing. We, Apart from me, Dan, we, we got about one minute left, Dan. Take us home with your final thoughts. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would go with that. How do we have hope in, in, a, in times of trouble? focused on Christ. It's continually look at Jesus Christ. If you look at the world, it's in distress, right? If you look at yourself, you might get depressed, but if you look yes. at him, right, you'll be at rest. So look at Jesus Christ. Ah, I like our eyes focused on Christ. This is our, this is the key. If you don't like what's going on in the world or the church, go before the blessed sacrament and raise a fuss. Storm heaven. Storm heaven with your prayer. Storm heaven with your Yes, pounding, yes. Pounding away. It's a ground, spiritual warfare and pr the prayer life, it's grounded pound. It's spade work. It's just grunt work. You just got to get on it. Yeah, I love it. A spiritual response for a spiritual problem. Uh, Amen. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed this segment as much as I did. Jesus 911.